it's across several realms. Um, on one hand, um, they're on demand. So you can really adapt them to your schedule. And, um, you know, it is true that right now we're all connected in a way to work and we have personal stuff going on, right? But the good thing about digital courses is that you have them there to, when you have that free time, rather than just binging on Netflix, you can just hop in and learn and, and really invest in your future right. um, without having to... Um, Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting World Podcast. And today I'm here with Jaime. And Jaime, first of all, thanks thanks for taking the time. How's, how's life in Spain? Ole, thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor to join the podcast again. And life in Spain, uh, pretty good. Uh, can't complain, good weather. Uh, people are getting, you know, happy because of the good weather. So all good. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure having you here again, as, as we were talking about. And of course, you know, just before we kick things off, I just wanted to, you know, thanks everyone that have been, you know, following the podcast, you know, so far 150 plus episodes, you know, and make sure to like the video, subscribe as well, you know, to so reach that thousand subscribers goals on YouTube. So make sure to do that and enjoy, of course, this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Jaime, first of all, you know, obviously, for, for those of you that maybe you have listened to the first episode, but you're the CMO at World Football Summit. So, talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the key projects you're working on at the moment? Like, what are the things that are, like, is on top of your list? Sure. I'm going to try to keep this brief. Um, <laughs> obviously, I mean, the main thing for us is the World Football Summit events. Um, so, uh, as you know, we have our World Football Summit Europe event in Sevilla in September, uh, 20th and 21st of September. So we're getting started on that in terms of the marketing aspects of it. Um, you know, we're getting ready in terms of content, getting the program ready, um, contacting partners, um, you know, everything that has to do with getting ready for the event. We also have um, another event coming up in June, um, Football Innovation Forum. This is a smaller event uh, in terms of attendees. Um, it's going to be on, on June 9th, um, okay. centered and just around innovation. But then we also have, uh, other than the events, uh, we're doing a lot of content. Uh, so we have, uh, also have a podcast so we haven't reached the 150 episodes just yet. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we're trailing behind, so we need to catch up. Uh, we're doing uh, social media content and basically trying to help the industry learn. That's kind of like our focus. Uh, so right. hopefully uh, the content that we put out is useful and overall, um, you know, anything that has to do with uh, helping the, anybody that wants to enter the industry, just, uh, develop. Uh, and introduce talent into the industry, which is, you know, uh, one of the reasons uh, we, we we were very happy to partner with you guys uh, because you can help us, you know, get more talent into the industry, which we believe uh, there's so much potential, there's so many opportunities, but we're going to need talented people to actually make those opportunities happen. Um, and yeah, just kind of like increase the network for everybody to, you know, uh, have uh, more interesting people to meet during our events. 100%. And we're, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, content, education, you know, uh, you know, essentially, you know, helping the the young talents. And first of all, as well, you know, we're very, you know, proud to be partnering with you guys and, and, you know, continue building, you know, the industry, the football industry, you know, and, and the new talents there, you know, making sure that they get a great, a lot of great opportunities. So we're proud of that, that partnership as, as well. And as, as you were saying, you know, and obviously, you know, kind of lies in the name, you know, as World Football Summit, um, you know, you're working closely with the football industry and, 
and, and obviously it's it's where the football industry meets which is sort of your your slogan uh, like talk a bit about what type of key stakeholders and people like what, what kind of people are typically attending the events and obviously you mentioned different kind of events so maybe you know if you can segregate a bit what what type of people what what type of stakeholders in the different events that you have sure uh well other than what we were just discussing people who want to enter the industry yeah. uh young professionals that want to enter and even um experienced professionals that are actually want to enter the industry because they have a passion for sports and they feel they have a, a good um, career behind them uh, and that they have value to add to the industry so th those would be um, one of the key stakeholders but we also have decision makers coming from the main clubs leagues and federations from around the world really um, so and, and and across all uh, areas of call it the sports business, no, you know, everything from strategy to marketing to performance, um, you know, anything that, that they uh, that they have. I mean, everybody's welcome to the event. Yeah. Obviously our speakers, um, now they're both experienced in the, they have experience in the sports industry, but they also come from businesses, uh, you know, that are providing some sort of service or have some form of relationship with the um, sports industry. Yeah. Um, obviously any business, um, big or small, that wants to get um, associated with an industry uh, that is increasing and that has a lot of opportunity in front of it. So, you know, we have uh, startups, we have uh, multinationals so, and everything in between, no? And finally, obviously, the media, um, which, you know, they help us bring, uh, you know, more coverage to to the event. And and why I'm saying is the, uh, why I'm saying all of this is because one of the key questions I have when when speaking to professionals here that want to enter the industry is that they believe the only reason um, or the only way to get into the industry are actually clubs, leagues, and federations, and that's not true. There are yeah. so many other ways, and any of these stakeholders can help you get your foot in the door in the industry and just trying to get to you know experience uh, on it. Yeah. Um, in terms of events, it really depends. So for example, I was mentioning before Football Innovation Forum. So what we yeah. will do is just centered on innovation. We'll just right. contact those five stakeholders that may have interest in that topic. Mm. If, for example, uh, the, the, you know, tomorrow we do an event on women's football, we would do the same, but for people that have really some form of relationship or interest in women's football. Sure. No, I mean, like it makes it makes a lot of sense. And I think you're bringing up something very important, right? It's, it's sort of like the variety of stakeholders that are involved in the sport industry you know and obviously you know in the either a small or, or larger capacity right i mean like you have you know major sports teams brands that are like you know this is their bread and butter and everything they do right and then you have you know companies that you know in a sense maybe you know are only involved in certain aspects or maybe have only a few partners or clients involved and it just showcases you know just how much and many ways there is to to enter the sport industry and and obviously as you're working with all these type of stakeholders working very closely with the football industry what, what are some of the key trends like and topics on everyone's minds these days Oof. so many but um let me just highlight a few of them obviously the first one would have to be technology um anything from artificial intelligence or who's not talking about artificial intelligence these days um, yeah. and how it's going to impact the, you know, the game. Web3 is a big one. Um, where, you know, and one of the things that I'm trying to 
to well i'm actually realizing that it's creating a lot of interest is everything related again to nfts to fan tokens where mm. you would believe towards the end of 2022 a lot of people would say oh this is this this hype is done right. um we're seeing a lot of interest there okay. um obviously this has ties to another topic which is a you know, interest that not a lot of people know about, which is sports law. So how all do these changes are going to affect from a legal perspective? Mm. Um, and that's actually one of the profiles in terms of career uh, that are being more demanded. Uh, someone who's right. able to understand not only the business of sports, but the but the, the, the everything regarded to the legal aspects of it and how it's going to impact. Um, obviously, marketing, um, the big buzzword there is fan engagement. Uh, you know, everybody wants to get to the uh, sports fan because uh, they understand they're a very loyal fan base. Um, and then there are two topics that um, that we've seen um, great interest over the past few months. Well, obviously, one is women's football. Uh, one cannot avoid that because, I mean, women's football is just becoming a major sport if it hasn't right. already. Right. Uh, and with the World Cup. And, and and one of the things that we're also noticing is not only um, the game itself, but also everything that has to do with female leadership. Um, mm. So in that regard, how can we build a, an entire ecosystem uh, around the women's game, uh, right. including leadership? Um, right. And then finally, sustainability. Um, yeah. that's a big challenge. Um, and, and, you know, we, we do see that, uh, especially clubs, they're starting to get more conscious of the role they can play and that they have a certain responsibility to play, mm. um, to influence, um, everything that has to do with, uh, you know, sustainable behaviors. Right. And, and I mean, like that, that's, that's, I think that's a really valid point of, from, from a standpoint of, you know, all these how can I say sport is one of the few industries, right. That impacts so many people in the capacity that it does. Right. And so the organizations, you know, involved in that, whether big or small, they have, you know, a responsibility and in much more cases, a much more uh, visible responsibility and, and more noticeable in, in the market. Right. And so, you know, having this, and I remember as well, true, through, through the tons of podcasts we have had, you know, in, in here, you know, there, there, there's a few topics that kind of, you know, start to come up, come up again and again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just sustainability, you know, women's football or women's, you know, in, in sports and, um, you know, obviously technology, right? But but I think one of the key things, to, you know, that, that you mentioned that I think is very important and probably, you know, something for, for a lot of the future, you know, industry leaders, you know, those that want to get into the industry, uh, where you mentioned, you know, sports law, right, in terms of just the legal aspects of it. Because, I mean, like, with all these new integrations, changes that are happening on, you know, sustainability, on, you know, technology, you know, it's a new world also for the football industry and the sporting exactly. industry to handle it, right? So, yes, obviously, you know, understanding that the industry is important, but you, you definitely need to understand, you know, what are the legal impl implications, right, of, of introducing, you know, the, these technologies, uh, sustainability elements that, that, that the sport and the football industry are going to, you know, embark in, in the next, you know, few years and, and more moving. Yeah, and to, to your point, and, and sorry to interrupt, Ole, but uh, I was just uh, thinking of a conversation I had with the CEO of the International Trade Association, hmm. and he was uh, mentioning... Um, to us that um, 
there's actually uh, a possibility of having what's going to happen when games are played in the metaverse or even he was playing what you know uh, he was talking about registering um uh, trademarks for games in mars mm. so there's just so many possibilities in there you know yeah. what i mean yeah. um so so that's why i think realms like sports law become so interesting so but yeah sorry to interrupt you there i don't know no it, it, i i like that uh but the digression and i mean like hey i, I think i'm gonna save some uh spots at marsh <laughs> <laughs> there you go you should you should <laughs> yeah. we'll work a little bit ahead of the game um but yeah no i i love that and and obviously you know you talk a little bit about and and we kind of you know touch upon it already in terms of you know the the events how that is an arena you know for uh, young and 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 more experienced professionals and students to get a foot in the door right in the football industry Talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of educating, you know, the future leaders to, you know, your different event topics and the events that you do. Well, I think education is critical. Um, I have a lot of people approaching me on how to uh, enter the industry. And a lot of them tell me, hey, I have a, I have a lot of passion for the industry, right. which don't get me wrong. It's very, very, very important um to have passion for what you do especially in in an industry like the sports industry where not only you have a lot of competition because everybody wants to get in but it's going to demand a lot of hours from you because of you know uh, if, especially if you're associated with football clubs right. um but again it's not enough um and you were alluding to that before uh, the world is changing very fast um at exponential rate especially when you talk about technology so it's not just that you have to um, educate yourself once. You really have to have a continuous learning mindset, if you will. So you really have to get um, ready to educate yourself constantly on everything that's changing. Uh, for example, we're in the early days of Web3. We're in the early days of artificial intelligence. And this is just going to evolve. Mm -hmm. If you get left behind in terms of what's happening out there, um, you know, you're going to lose your opportunity if you want to enter the industry, right? Um, and we see this also in in the topics that we cover during our events, right? Um, they're actually a reflection of what's going on in the industry. Yeah. Um, so when we build the panels, uh, basically what we do is look into the dynamics of the industry and then say, hey, who are the experts that can help the industry understand this? right better mm. um and that's kind of like the goal we have with the program uh, make it as relevant as possible again um it could happen that uh maybe we're thinking about a topic today that we need to change for the event in september and i'm only saying this because if you think about for example chat gpt just a few months ago um you know it wasn't as popular as it seems to be today Right. So there's just so many changes out there. And I think for young professionals and students, um, you really need to be willing to educate yourself because that's the way to bring value uh, right. to the industry, right? Yeah. It's not passion. You really need to combine your passion with the value that you can bring to the table. Right. And the more knowledge that you have, the right. more value you're going to bring. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I think this uh, is, is where, you know, I remember from, you know, back in the day as well, studying, right? And people like, you know, you're, as a student, you know, the new ideas, the new thoughts, you know, knowing what is, you know, kind of on top of the trends, right? And, and kind of having a, perhaps a better understanding of that than those that are working in the industry is sort of like your advantage, right? 
because you're like fresh out of school or you're in school, you're learning all this, you know, new trends, perhaps in a better way, right? And so, hence, you know, that that's that's the value that you're going to bring in. But obviously, you know, in in terms of education, there's there are many forms of education. You know, obviously, you know, more longer, shorter, digital, non-digital, you know, courses. And and looking a little bit into you know the future of content, education, and knowledge. You know, why why could kind of you know digital courses on topics in the sport industry, football industry, you know, be a great way? to stay on top of industry trends and challenges for, for these, you know, people that are seeking a career in sports? Mm-hmm. Good question. Personally, I would say that digital courses have um, a great advantage across several realms. Um, on one hand, um, they're on demand, so you can really adapt them to your schedule. And, um, you know, it is true that right now we're all connected in a way to work and we have personal stuff going on right but the good thing about digital courses is that you have them there to when you have that free time rather than just binging on netflix you can just hop in and learn and and really invest in your future um without having to um really uh, adapt your schedule to a physical course if you will Right. Um, So at the end of the day, that really boils down your decision to do I want to learn or not, because I have no more excuses. I can just log into the course whenever I want and just start learning. Right. So that would be, I think, one of the things I think also uh, the good thing about digital courses is that they're more, if you ask me, more specific. They're more tailored to what you want to develop, whereas usually physical courses, what I find is that um, um, they, they try to cover more. Uh, broad topics, which makes sense. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think when you go into digital, you can really choose all those things that you want to um, learn and discard the ones that you don't want to learn, right? Right. Um, So you can go by modules and and, and all of that, right? Um, And obviously, um, I think in terms of, um, uh, call it the, 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 the staff, one of the things I notice is that digital courses make it easier for industry professionals to um, join certain sessions, to join and to give their classes, right? Um, what I mean by this is, for example, I've been contacted to give classes out in certain universities. Um, right. It's much easier for me to join if I can join a digital course and I can join a digital session rather than me having to travel. Um, a lot of potential speakers and teachers and people that work in the industry with great experience, they have a tougher time making a room in their schedule to go to a physical course, right? Yep. But for them to either record their session and make it available on the, on, on, on the course itself, or even do a live session during the course or right. through a webinar or whatever, it's yep. much easier for them. So I think you get more access to people around the world even um, that are doing uh, mm-hmm. things right um, and that you can learn from. Those, those would be the main highlights, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it covers some really good ways of just just the flexibility, right? And I think perhaps one of the things, I mean, like, of course, there's a bit range there too, but I mean, like, I think one of the key factors as well, especially for, you know, uh, students, young professionals is, is, is the cost, right? 
in many yeah. ways you know you can think about you know okay those on-demand courses you know maybe maybe they're smaller more specific but in often cases they're, they're, they're more affordable right it's something that everyone can kind of take you know get the opportunity to and and just fine-tune the skills as you go and at the end of the day you know it's that that decision right of okay are we gonna watch an episode of netflix or are we gonna learn something today you know but that's a very good point because it's not only the course itself but if you have to travel somewhere to get your course right. that's also that's an induced cost that you're <laughs> running into it so you avoid that as well right. so i mean at the end of the day your learning from your home is also i mean you know the friction is much less it's much lower yeah. um and again it boils down to okay there's no more excuses are, are we going back to that uh, pandemic, uh, you know, meeting, meeting like everyone's sitting in their underwear? <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you, know, you, can you can take online courses in whatever you want, you know, Nobody <laughs> you, you know, in your comfort, in your whatever you want. Right. So that's true. Totally true. A lot of flexibility there. So Ozzy, before we, you know, get, get, get too off topic with some, some funny jokes here, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wanted to, of course, you know, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, trends, we've been talking about, you know, what are some of the topics, hot topics that you're covering. And, and, and speaking of, you know, industry trends, like, lastly here, where, where do you see, the, you know, the football event landscape go in the coming years? In terms of the football event landscape, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty, but in a good way. In terms of how these technologies are going to help, um, you know, uh, evolve the industry. So, for example, we're probably at some point down the line. I don't know when uh, we'll probably see big events being carried out in the metaverse, which mm. makes sense, right? Because at the end of the day, again, if it if done right, it reduces friction. Um, but there is one element that I think that's never going to change, and I think the pandemic uh, kind of proved that is that. Um, in-person events still will have value. So I'm not saying that in-person events will disappear, not at all. I think the quality of the relationships that you get in two, you know, two days of just meeting people and connecting with people on site, um, right. that is not going to be um, replaced anytime soon. However, it is true that if you cannot attend an event because you're on the other side of the world, everything that has to do with augmented reality and the metaverse way down the line, it's probably going to help reduce the, the current friction that you have where you just join through and you just see a webinar or you just see a streaming uh, and you connect people through an app, uh, yeah. which don't get me wrong, it works, but it's yeah. not the same quality of yeah. relationship, yeah. right? Um, that's where I think one of the things that that's probably going to happen. And, and to that point, I think there's going to be many more opportunities for networking, which is something we're already trying to do uh, at World Football Summit. So how can we, at the end of the day, help everybody that's attending uh, network better and build solid relationships that, you know, obviously our goal and their goal is for them to last years. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's kind of like where I see uh, in a nutshell, where I see everything um, uh, evolving. In terms of topics, um, I would say um, that are going to be covered in, in events like ours is everything that's related to technology. 
uh, again, as we were mentioning before, um, there's going to be obviously sustainability. I think it's going to be a big one as well. And everything that I think the, the landscape that's going to change is everything related to fan empowerment, not engagement, but empowerment. So I think that's a, one of the big topics that are going to be covered in sports um, events uh, around the world. That's what I would say. So very, very interesting times ahead, you know, in the in the event space. And I mean, like before we kind of wrap up, I, I guess, you know, there's one thing I wanted to to touch upon that you mentioned and that that really comes down to, um, you know, just just um, the quality, right, of of the physical face-to-face event right the importance of the quality of the networking of Mm -hmm. you know just it just proves like you know as you were saying like the competition you know obviously you know for digital like obviously the pandemic you know proved a lot of you know elements around this but at the end of the day you know of course that 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 human factor is important but then Mm -hmm. i also believe that the leverage for you know attending these physical events also increased right in a sense i mean like you're you're the expert in that so i'm sure you can probably have some better numbers on it but it just proves that you know yes they are valuable but i think also that the the requirement for the physical events probably you know went went higher after Mm -hmm. after the pandemic i don't know if you want to touch a little bit upon on this yeah, that's what I was actually going to say. Everybody thought when you know we were in the pandemic that uh, from now on physical events were gonna you know we're gonna disappear. Right. Um, what we've noticed is that especially and you were there in Sevilla <laughs> in September, yeah. the energy was just through the roof. I think people were really looking forward to having those events again. Because of what you said, when you have that in person, I mean, and I'm not saying even that in person. Uh, business conversation um i think what actually creates more meaningful connections Mm -hmm. is when we're having a coffee together or you know when we grab a five minute lunch or 10 minute lunch with somebody and you have that quick conversation um those conversations you never know but they they take you uh, you know long places um so i think the 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 value of in-person events again is going to be it's going to be there um, I think you cannot, um, that's something that as humans, we're social animals, right? And, right. and right. that's not something that it's in our nature and it's not going to change. Uh, maybe there, there's opportunities to, to leverage the digital realm of it in some other form, but, but it's not going to substitute it, I, I think. And another thing though, which, which I noticed too, and I'm sure like, you know, a lot of people notice being there and, and it's just, you know, how can I say it's, you see a lot of the same people in a sense that you yeah. kind of, you know, work with, right? So people that, you know, maybe over the pandemic, we had, you know, a lot of digital meetings with it and suddenly you, you know, you're there face to face. And so it just, it, it was good seeing a lot of, you know, familiar faces, you know, kind of building that relationship even stronger. And, and for those that are, you know, jumping into the industry, like attending these events, you know, over time, you kind of see, okay, there's. Oh yeah, I saw that guy, that that person, you know, last year. Okay, let's yeah. let's, let's kind of talk with them again, right? So we kind of like continue building that that strong relationship. But it happened to us, if you think about it, right? Uh, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we, before the event last year, we had several conversations, we had several emails, we had several video calls. But then when we saw each other, it was like, hey, you know, it's, yeah, it's you clicked. Know. something clicked, and yeah. we and you know, you you even in that moment of just meeting each other in person, and you're like, oh wow, you know, it's kind of like you make it more 
more more more familiar at the end of the day you know it's like it's like you know you make that connection and again and i think to your point um it's a very good one um when you know that you have that event on your calendar you kind of plan not only business meetings with people but also hey let's catch up right at the end of the day i think uh we can't forget and and this is also something that uh I usually recommend people who are attending the events don't just be focused on meeting people from the business side, which is obviously your goal, but get to meet people for who they are as well, right? Um, and kind of like learn more about their personal story because people are just so interesting, if you ask me. And everybody has a story. And th- when you make those connections, take it away from business. I mean, you just get to meet interesting people and and learn about their stories and about their origins, and and that really makes it. If you, it helps make it a tradition to attend not only World Folk Summit events, but any event that you go out to, um, you know who you're going to meet. And at the end of the day, it's a meeting with friends that you can have once, in, once every year, uh, which is something to look forward to. Right? Absolutely. Well, with that, Jaime, I would like to you know, thank you so much for taking the time once again to being part of the Sporting Global podcast. You know, it's been a pleasure having you part of it, sharing, you know, insights, tips, you know, top topics that are happening in the industry. And of course, about some industry trends moving forward, both from, a, you know, football landscape and the event, event landscape. So again, you know, Jaime, thanks. Thanks once again for, for taking the time. No, Ole, thank you so much uh, for uh, inviting me to the podcast. It's been a pleasure. And uh, it's great to talk to you as always. Um, looking forward to come back a, a third time and hopefully <laughs> help, help, you know, your audience understand more about our landscape. Okay. Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. And for those of you that have been here all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well, and help us reach 1,000 subscribers. Make sure to sign up at sportinglevel.com to check out, you know, also opportunities from world football summit you know there might come up new uh, along the way so stay tuned for that uh connect with world football summit as well inside the platform and then of course you know if you want to you know explore some digital courses check out at academy.sportingglobal.com and with that Jaime you 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 know the drill now you know we have our sporting global podcast tradition with a little bit of uh, Norwegian here at the end so that as always we finish with Visnakis, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. Visnakis. There you go. Thank Perfect. You so <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ole. Have a good day. You too.